We shall now turn to the psalm that we read together, and Psalm 34, and our text for tonight is verse 6. Psalm 34 and verse 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. Now the title of this psalm explains the occasion which, uh, on which this psalm was written. We're told that this is a psalm of David, written by David, composed by him, when he changed his, his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away, and he departed. You remember how David fled from Saul, and he made his way to Gath, to Achish, the king of Gath. Now the kings of Gath were called Abimelech, just like the kings of Egypt were called Pharaohs. So the king of Gath, the king of the Philistines, was called Abimelech, and David fled to Abimelech, hoping for safety there. But then he's discovered Abimelech's or Achish's servants recognize David. And they start whispering to the king and say, Is not this he of whom it was said, Saul is slain as thousands, but David is ten thousands? Indeed, do you not remember the champion we had, Goliath? Ten feet tall, that mighty giant, and how this fellow David struck him down and cut his head off. And David realizes that he's in danger and he's afraid. He wonders, is he going to be killed, executed as an enemy of the state by Achish? And so you remember what he did. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard and saved him. Remember what he did, how he pretended that he was a madman. He let a spittle run down on his beard, and he started scrabbling on doors, and acting as if he had lost his senses. And Akish said, Have I any need for madmen? And David was driven away, and so he escaped. This poor man cried. God heard and saved him. But what relevance has this got for us? What relevance has something that happened 3,000 years ago got for you and me? in 2020. 
22. David was a very different individual from us. The court of Abimelech was a very different place to the places that we go to. And we're not in any way in a situation like David where the king is out to kill him. And yet, and yet, this psalm is so relevant for us. Because although we might not be in the specific situation in which David was, yet you and I are poor men and poor women who are in trouble, and in our trouble we call to the Lord, and the Lord delivers us. It's actually a wonderfully comforting psalm. One of the most precious psalms in the whole book of Psalms. There's so much comfort to be found here. And so we too should be able to say with the psalmist, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Because God is so good and God's so loving and God's so kind and God's so rich in mercy and God's so mighty to save and God has done wonderful things for us and therefore I will bless the Lord at all times and forevermore. Well, first of all, we have here a poor man. This poor man cried. Now, David wasn't financially poor. You remember that his great-grandfather was Boaz, a mighty man of wealth. He had fields and servants. And then Boaz had a son, Obed. And Obed had a son, Jesse. And you remember that Jesse had eight sons. And David was the youngest. And the eight sons were now grown up. And Jesse was a mighty man in Bethlehem. So David didn't come from poverty. And then you remember how he had early success. As a young lad, how he conquered the giant Goliath. And you remember too how Saul made him a captain, a captain over a thousand men. He was popular. People spoke highly of him and thought highly of him. And actually, he married the king's daughter. So he was a very, very prominent individual. But you know, when trouble comes, we forget all these things. We forget our wealth. We forget our fame. We forget our popularity. We forget the nice house we live in. And we forget, maybe... The job we have, we forget all sorts of things. There's only one thing on our mind, trouble. Whatever the trouble is, it bears in upon us and everything else is forgotten. Trouble. David finds himself with a problem. There he is in Gath and he seems 
to have run into a snare. He's caught in a trap. He's in a hole. And how can he get out? There's no way out. Well, maybe you today are in a position where you wonder, is there a way out? How can I get out of this situation? How can I get through it? I'm sinking in the mire. How can I get to solid ground? A difficult situation. Maybe there's been a problem at work. Just the other day I was talking to somebody and he had problems at work. Seemed to me he was a very good workman, but people were complaining about him. And a complaint had come to the boss and there were all sorts of difficulties, all sorts of problems. It's not easy when you're under criticism. When people are having a go at you for one reason or another. Sometimes it can be our own fault. We've made a mistake. Maybe we've turned up late for work and it doesn't look good. Other times it might be something else. Perhaps we've said something and it's caused offence. We did something, we didn't know that it would be so upsetting to people. And people are really troubled with us. Perhaps there's a problem in the family. Maybe your children resent the way you relate to them. Maybe they feel that you're, you're kind of bossing them or you're putting too much pressure on them or you're interfering in their lives. Maybe things have got really bad. I know situations where parents and children, the children won't speak to their parents. How horrible that situation is. How difficult it is. Perhaps there's been a problem in the marriage between you and your husband, your wife, and it's got really bad, really difficult. There's resentment. And we're all sinners. And we all make mistakes. And there's two sides to every quarrel, but perhaps there's been a problem with finances. Maybe you've got into a bit of debt, an overdraft, maybe spending too much on your credit card, maybe too big a mortgage. Maybe you're worried about the the new cost of fuel and the cost of of heating, electricity for your home. Or perhaps it's a health matter. The doctor tells you you've got cancer, terminal cancer, or some other horrible disease. And it's such a shock. And how can you cope? And how can you face the future? What's going to happen? Or maybe worst of all, there's been a fallout between you and God. Maybe you feel God's angry with you. Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you've committed some horrible sin. And God, God seems to have withdrawn from you. And he's not hearing your prayers. 
is far away. You're worried. You're anxious. Your assurance is gone. No peace, no joy. You feel your sin. You feel God's against you. It's hard to pray. God is chastening you. There's a sense of failure. You've made such a mess of your life. Perhaps you've let the Lord's cause down. Maybe you've been a bad witness. And you've disgraced yourself and your church. And there's these pangs of guilt. This poor man. Are you a poor man? A poor woman? There's so many things that can bring us into a situation of being poor and needy. Troubled. Anxious. Worried. Distressed. Well, next we notice... This poor man cries, cries. He prays, but it's not an orderly prayer like maybe one of the men praying in the prayer meeting tonight, an orderly prayer. Not like that, but a cry. Perhaps you don't know what to say. Maybe all you can do is sigh and groan and weep and plead for mercy. What can I do? There you are in this difficult situation. David in in the hole that he was in and the trap he was in. Maybe you feel paralyzed and stuck and helpless and yet here's what you must do cry this poor man cried think of somebody who's drowning they're in great danger their head hasn't gone under the water yet the water hasn't entered into their lungs what can they do they can shout help This poor man cried. Think of blind Bartimaeus by the wayside. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He'll never come back this way. Bartimaeus cries, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. But Jesus doesn't seem to be hearing. He cries louder. People tell him to be quiet. He's causing a fuss and a bother. He cries louder still. Jesus is passing by. He'll soon be gone. I need help. I need it now. I need it before Jesus passes past me. And the day of grace is gone. Think of a man with a devil-possessed son. He had come to the disciples and they couldn't cast the devil out of his son. And then as he comes to Jesus, the devil takes his son and he has him down on the ground and he's writhing in agony. And the poor man is desperate. 
Help me, Lord. If thou canst do anything, help me. The cry, the desperate cry of that poor man. Too many of our prayers really are are just words. And that's true of all of us. Words. We go through the words, but where's the earnestness? Yes, we need to be earnest. It must come from our hearts. It's not enough to say nice words. We need to cry. This poor man cried. Perhaps we've tried everything else and now we don't know what to do. We've reached the end of our resources. What should you do? Cry. This poor man cried. Pour out your heart to him. Pour out your heart in earnestness to him. And then the next thing we notice here is that God heard him. The Lord heard him. What a tremendous comfort it is to know that God hears and answers prayer. When we pray, it's not just hitting the ceiling, as it were. It's reaching up to God. God hears. He's listening. His ear is open to our cry. We might feel alone. We might feel there's nobody there to hear us, and yet we're not alone. And God is near. Whatever our distress is, and it may be a distress that we've brought upon ourselves, and it may be all our own fault, as it was David's fault that he ended up there in Gath, in the hands of Achish, the king of Gath. Instead of trusting in God, instead of relying upon the God of Israel to protect him, he fled to a heathen man to save him. The devil says, you've sinned too much. You're guilty. You shouldn't come to God. God doesn't hear sinners. But God does hear sinners. And God loves to hear sinners. And God bows down his ear time and time again to hear sinners. He hears everything we say. He hears the blasphemous words that perhaps we have spoken. The slander, the gossip, the backbiting, the lies. God hears. God heard. He hears all. God is listening and be aware of that. For every idle word we speak, we shall be brought into judgment. But here he listens to the cry of the poor and the needy. Think of Hagar. Remember Hagar, how she 
conceived. And when she conceived, she despised her mistress, Sarah, because she didn't conceive. And she, by the, she showed that she despised her mistress. And it grieved Sarah. And Sarah took it out on Hagar. And her life became very difficult for her. And in the end, Hagar fled. But God heard her cry. And God came to her and said, You shall have a son. And you shall return to Abraham. And you shall bear a son to Abraham. And from this son will become a mighty nation. Go back. You remember what she called God. She called him, Thou God seest me. Thou God hearest me. And then about 18 years later, when it was said these terrible words, cast out the bondwoman and her son, and she left home and went into the desert again, making her way perhaps down towards Egypt. You remember what happened. They got lost. And soon all their water was used up. And she left her son crying under a bush because she couldn't bear to see him die. And the angel of the Lord appeared. I have heard the cry of the child. The cry of the one who mocked the child of promise. The cry of the sinner heard by God. She heard the cry of the child. And the cry of Hagar, Thou God seest me. And God provided her with what she needed. God looked after her. How often that's the case. Even when we make a mess of our own lives. Even when we sin. And it's our own fault and we're under chastisement. God hears our cry. And that's a wonderful truth. Tremendous truth. Thou God seest me, the children of Israel in the land of Egypt. God heard their sighs and their groans as they labored under the taskmasters, as they felt the lash of the whips. God heard their sighs. Now you think of Jonah running away from God. God heard him from the belly of hell. From the belly of the whale, God heard his prayer. Chastened, disobedient Jonah, but God heard his prayer and God delivered him. The Syrophoenician woman coming to Jesus, she was a Greek I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she wouldn't give up. She kept calling. She kept calling. She kept coming. Is it right to take the children's food and give it to dogs? No, Lord. But it's right. It's right that the dogs should eat of the crumbs which fall 
from the children's table. All I want's a crumb. What amazing faith. This poor man, this poor woman cried, and God heard her and delivered her. The publican in the temple, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He went to his house justified. I love the Lord because my voice and prayers he did hear. I, while I live, will call on him who bowed to me his ear. God is not deaf, oh no. He doesn't shut up his ears to the cry of the poor and the needy. The really poor. Whatever your trouble is today, this poor man cried and God heard. And then the next point we notice, and saved him from all his troubles. How wonderful. Not only did God hear his cry, but God acted. God saved him. God is able and willing to save. Powerful and loving. Long-suffering and slow to wrath. In mercy plenteous. What an amazing God we have. This poor man cried. God heard and saved him. There was David running away from Saul. God delivered him from Saul. In the house of Achish. Achish's servants telling him to kill David. He was an enemy of the Philistines. God heard him. God delivered him. He got out of the house of Abimelech. And later on, you remember, when David was at Siklag, and his men grieved that they had lost their wives and their children, and that Siklag had been burnt, his men spoke of stoning him. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. This poor man cried. And there he was on his own, isolated. And his men plotting to kill him for the mess he had got them into. This poor man cried. God heard and saved him. Saved him from Absalom, his son, when he was determined to kill him. God delights in saving. We think of Ruth. The Lord reward thee, under whose wings thou hast come to trust. Does that describe you? Under the wings of the Lord you trust. The wings of the Almighty. Esther, fasting and praying. If I perish, I perish. She goes into the tyrant Ahasuerus. And she doesn't perish. This poor woman cried, and God heard her and saved her. Daniel in the lion's den. This poor man cried, and God sent his angel to, clothe, to close 
the mouths of the lions. Peter in prison, Herod going to take him out to execute him the next day. And the angel of the Lord hears the cry of God's people and takes him out. And when he goes to the prayer meeting and knocks on the door, they can't believe it's Peter. It's his ghost. Why did they not believe? Why did they not believe that God answers prayer? You and I were so reluctant to believe that God hears and saves us from our distresses. So what's worrying you tonight? What's the burden that you're carrying? What are the griefs that are bearing you down? David confessed, he saved me. And he'll save you. None perish that him trust. Wonderful words at the end of this psalm. None perish that him trust. Metrical version. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from all. Saved from the worst. Saved from hell itself. And so, finally, praise him. Bless the Lord at all times. Bless him continually. Verse 1. Praise him for saving you. Verse 2. Make your boast of God. Do you boast of God? How he saved you. How he delivered you. How he heard your prayers. How he rescued you from the hole you were in. How he set your feet upon a rock. And put a new song in your mouth, your God to magnify. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Magnify God. Make him great. Declare how great he is. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. All these fears that I had, these worries, these troubles, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, they looked to him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. No cause to be ashamed, but a cause to be joyful because he lightened us. He caused the sun to shine upon us. He put a smile upon our faces. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. How wonderful it is to know you have a guardian angel, maybe many angels, looking after you, watching over you, surrounding you. You fear the Lord and he gives his angels charge concerning you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Oh, taste and see that God is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Taste and see. And call on others to taste and see how good the Lord is. 
Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions may lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, children, hearken to me, listen to me. What wonderful truths are here for you. Are you a seeker tonight? God hears your cry. He will not despise you. He will answer you. He delivers you. Put your trust in him. This poor man cried. God heard and saved him from all his troubles. May that be you. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we thank thee for these tremendous psalms that thou hast given us, written so long ago, and yet right up to date, dealing with our situation in our lives here in Inverness, thousands of years after they were written. Help us, Lord, to take these words, to take them to heart, to rejoice in them, and to believe that the Lord is good, and to taste and to see again and again how good the Lord is, to cry to thee in our trouble and experience thy deliverance, and so to give glory to thy name. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. Our closing praise is Psalm 34, verses 17 to 22. Psalm 34, at verse 17. The righteous cry unto the Lord. He unto them gives ear. And they, out of their troubles all, by him delivered are. The Lord is ever nigh to them that be of broken spirit. To them he safety doth afford that are in heart contrite. Verses 17 to 22. The righteous cry unto the Lord. He
The intimations, the services on Sabbath at usual times, 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. And there will be a fellowship in the manse after the evening service, God willing. There are some copies of Mr. Clark's book entitled Evening Readings to Encourage on the table. This is a hardback with larger print. Uh, the cost is £10. Please put in the envelope provided and leave in the box. These are all the intimations. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.